Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. No, no, that's blasphemy. That, that, that's <laughs> I don't blasphemy. think they dropped him, dropped him because he wasn't good enough. Come on, come on. <laughs> then I expected Morocco to be on top of this chart, but they are not. The Opta um, analyst supercomputer has seen it that the run they've had, the fantastic run they've had at the, um, at the World Cup, they've played them third in their order of teams that has the highest probability to win the tournament. The, the I think maybe the only reason Morocco are below Cote is because they don't have tournament pedigree. Mm. They haven't won the Afghans since 76, mm. so it's been yes. a very long time. Mm. And somehow they always find a way of getting kicked out by yes. other North African teams. So yes. uh, but the maybe thing, if the path is clearer yeah. for them mm. this time around, they might go all the way. The other thing we also need to consider is this... Um, this undefined, you know, wind that blows around teams that perform well at international tournaments. Mm. You do remember what happened to France once they got to the 2002 uh, FIFA World Cup. They played against Senegal, and that was when we saw Senegal uh, burst out of their, their you know, their, their shell. Uh, you know, and and so I'm just hoping that that doesn't affect, uh, you know, uh, it doesn't affect Senegal. You just gave us the statistics of Ivory Coast and how they have sort of like underperformed. For champions in 2015, you expected yeah. that they were yeah. going to be consistent, but we didn't see that. So I'm just hoping that Morocco uh, do not have that, that thing around them. I remember, uh, you know, when Leicester City that won the, the English Premier League the next season, well, you didn't really they see... They're going too yeah. far. Algeria. Yeah, if they've been champions the last yeah. AFCON, they didn't yeah. make it out of the group. I don't know why Algeria is top four. I think Egypt should be above Egypt. I think, Tunisia. to be fair, though, Algeria have learned their lessons since that Afghan debacle. Mm. Uh, they've they've, the, they've the rebuilt the team, they exactly. Yeah. Uh, they, they are... Uh, they've got some very good players mm. still in there, mm. and they've maintained a core. In Experience. fact, uh, if you look mm. at their team that went to the last AFCON, I think only about Four or five players. They still have almost the same. Yeah, almost, almost the same. Now, now uh, interesting. Uh, the Karen, other two I would like to do before we go is yeah. Nigeria and Ghana. Of course. So there's there's Egypt, Nigeria, yes. Cameroon, Tunisia, and Ghana. Yes. So Nigeria, from the last last Afcon, they had about fourteen percent chance of winning the twenty twenty one own. It it means that. Opta has seen that bad fall off from the 2021 mm. has affected their chances of winning it, and they've gone from first in 2021 to one, two, three, four, five, six. From first to six, uh, sixth position, their chances have dropped massively from 14 percent. That time they have now eight percent chance of uh, percentage chance of winning. They have That's to, Nigeria. Yes, and looking Why at it, that? no, I what, what's happened in their squad? I expected that. Their stock should have risen from here. Looking at Osimhen in 2021, I think he's only played one game. That's about 44 minutes. And this is, he's just coming into the tournament from winning the African Football of the Year. This season in 18 games, he scored seven goals. They've lost Victor Boniface, but I think he was factored in into giving out this prediction. Indeed, he's also out. Indeed. So one man can win the AFCON, and one man can raise their chances either. We're too, yes. high. We're too high. That's what I'm saying. We're too high. <laughs>
that's... Yes, and even looking at the qualifiers they've played, scored about 22 goals. Yes. If you're looking at it, that's almost three times of the goals Ghana have scored. That's eight. Yes, but Bonifaces. he still says that Nigeria are ranked too high. <laughs> well, too high. They that's should be lower. I feel, I feel like we can't be above Cameroon. Maybe that's, he's that's doing it out of pain. Yeah. Now, now um, and just before we wrap up, very, very briefly, you have yes, former yeah. champions like South Africa, like Zambia in there, and they're just lurk, lurking in there somewhere for a very obvious reason. Ghana, going uh, from the last AFCON, we didn't have Mohamed Kudus in there, and we, we were ranked number eight. This time around, we've fallen to number nine in, the, in terms of chances of winning the tournament. We didn't have Mohamed Kudus for the last one. Now we've had him, but still. And the last talk. one, we also had Thomas. <laughs> ah, yeah, well, so, but he wasn't Thomasin. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas wasn't Thomasin. <laughs> so last, last um, 2021, we were in eighth with yeah. 7.1% of winning the tournament. Now we've fallen off to ninth with five, about 5% chance of winning it. It's because tell of, you, though, the supercomputer is always wrong when it yes, comes to the AFCON. 100%. Yes. Yeah. Always wrong um, when it comes to the so, AFCON. So, like, so like, they, like they say, um, agro from Karim, thank you so much. Uh, one day, Thomas will Thomas indeed. <laughs> and Stone will Stone. And uh, the Fent will Fent. Fent. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much. Uh, it's been wonderful sharing your company. We'll be back tomorrow, same time, on Joy News and on Joy Prime. You can catch Joy News on 421 on DSTV. And for Joy Prime, it's 281. Well, it's been wonderful sharing your company over the last hour. More to discuss when we come back tomorrow with another AFCON Today show. My name is Nathaniel Atto. And I have love for sport. Welcome to the marketplace at a new time slot this AFCON season. Coming up this afternoon, Finance Minister Hens Ghana would receive a draft term sheet from official creditors for the restructuring of the country's $5.4 billion of bilateral debt. Also coming up, inflation for December 2023 has dropped to 23.2% below government's revised target of 31.3% captured in the 2024 budget. For the month of December 2023, rate of inflation on a year-on-year basis stood at 23.2%, relative to 26.4% that was recorded in the month of November 2023. As Ghana Financial Stability Fund advances first support of 2.5 billion cities to a commercial bank for recapitalization purposes. My name is Daryl Kwao. Thanks for being with us. Details coming up.
And first, our Finance Minister, Ken Ofreata, says Ghana should expect to receive a draft term sheet from official creditors for the restructuring of the country's $5.4 billion of bilateral debt. According to him, the term sheet will be sufficient for the country to seek International Monetary Fund board approval later this month for a $600 million disbursement under the Extended Credit Facility Program. The official creditors met on Monday to discuss the restructuring of $5.4 billion of the country's loans. Mr. Friata told Bloomberg that the term sheet will be good enough for the IMF to continue its work, adding Ghana is in good shape. Ghana's dollar bonds maturing in 2027 um, rose by 1.3% to 43.88 cents on the dollar um, after the news that the country will get uh, term sheets yesterday. Well, economist Professor Gopher Bokwin says International Monetary Fund program is likely to achieve limited effectiveness if, Ga- if Ghana does not complete its external debt restructuring soon. According to him, although the IMF program is being implemented, the delay in acquiring the second tranche of the relief package is of great concern. He adds that government's meeting with official creditors should bring some positive news. I'm not too sure government overall strategy in all of this, right? And I believe that we need to take another look. So uh, uh, there's going to be some level of challenge because the level of relief that we expect from external creditors is quite is quite huge, right? It's quite huge. Unlike, then look at Ghana's proposal. But this is the other thing you need, we should bear in mind. What's Ghana's proposal on the table relative to what turned out in the case of Zambia, Chad, Sri Lanka, and the others in terms of how China had dealt with some of these countries in terms of their indebtedness to China? And the rest, you see the variation. You see the variation. Then that tells you that it's going to be quite hard, right, to, 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 to have your way when you have six debt parameters that perhaps. And then again, you want to narrow this whole thing to the debt sustainability analysis. And here, I'm talking about the framework. Look, if you remember, somewhere last year, we said that the cut-off date, the IMF has chosen for Ghana to reach their sustainability by 2028 is quite steep. And that is going to be quite difficult for the creditors to come to the table because what it means is that the level of haircuts that they have to take will be a bit will be a bit more. So we have proposed that it would have been a bit more Okay, to look at it in terms of extending the cut-off date, right, which again would have implications for the level of relief that we need to make and the rest of them. Then again, government also didn't help itself because if you look at the level of fiscal adjustment, especially from the point of expenditure, it's, it's not that huge, right, because government didn't want to internalize the austerity but rather wanted to, to do what we call burden transfer to creditors. And look at what is playing out. Okay, so well, that that's not surprising, but we're hoping that 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 this meeting was going to be quite helpful because remember, if you look at the program by 2023, we're supposed to get uh, 1.2 billion dollars from the IMF. We've already gotten um, um, 600 million. 600 million is outstanding. We're supposed to get more than 300 million dollars from the World Bank and the rest of them. So all of these are outstanding, and that tells you that. Yes, we are implementing the IMF program, but of course, given that all these reliefs have delayed, has implication for how well the effective can, the program can go. And if, or if we don't make significant progress within the next three weeks or so, then to some extent we can say that the program may achieve limited effectiveness. 
Associate Professor of Finance at the Andrews University in the U.S., Williams Pride, joins us on Zoom uh, to help us understand the latest news on the debt restructuring negotiations. He's been following the story with us from day one. Uh, good to see you. Explain to us what this draft term sheet is and what does it signify? Good afternoon, Nero. It's uh, morning at my end. Um, so this term sheet uh, is, gives an indication of what the parties involved are prepared to give. Um, the bilaterals will, in the term sheet, will state in terms of the amount that they are prepared to send off in a form of haircut to Ghana to find the financial sustainability. Um, so the term sheet is very, very important because um, it's going to state some responsibilities of both parties. Um, this is a draft term sheet, as has been mentioned, and it will help Ghana to also look at the terms that have been stated, whether it's going to really help us achieve the set target. So it's, it's good to have a term sheet, but it does not mean that we have concluded. It means that negotiation is still ongoing. The term sheet gives an indication of what the external creditors are expecting, what they can offer. So it's left with Ghana to look at it and say we think that this term sheet is okay, we think that it can work for us. If Ghana sees that something on the term sheet or the indicative term sheet is not acceptable, they may also write to the standard creditors to listen with their point of view. So the term sheet is probably purely um, part of the negotiation strategy. Mm. And sometimes the, the issue is that if if, if Ghana does not position itself very well. With our, with our haste of getting the IMF funding coming in, we may accept everything stated on the term sheet. This is the time that we are actually more critical um, because the aim is to achieve a 5.4 billion um, debt reduction to help us to be able to go on the line of um, financial sustainability. So this is very important to have the term sheet, but it means that the work has now begun. We now know the position of the external creditors. Ghana as a country must look at it very well and then find out if it will help us to be able to achieve the set target that we want to, to, to do. Uh, is this enough, though, for um, the IMF to go ahead with this board review meeting on Ghana uh, scheduled for uh, tomorrow, the 11th of January? I mean, if you look at it, um, IMF says that Ghana must, you know, this time it's not an assurance. Look at the IMF. Um, they said, get um, an agreement with your external creditors before the funds are released. This is not uh, like uh, domestic debt where is this external assurance then the first money came. So this time, we may have to conclude and get the full agreement submitted to IMF. Um, you know, dealing with external creditors is not the same as dealing with your domestic um, creditors. Um, so I'm sure IMF will want a full a conclusion, a, a final agreement submitted before the funds will come in. But between now and the, the, the next IMF board meeting, um, this can be done because the indicative time sheet probably, uh, will, will help Ghana to position itself and see whether we, are, we accept 
the terms and we don't accept it. Well, just to be clear, so this is not like a green light for a board review meeting with the IMF, is it? No, this is not a green light because we have to submit the final agreement. This is a draft. So once you once you have a draft, it, Ghana must review what is in the draft. Then Ghana also give a position, send it back to the creditors if they agree to all the terms. If they don't agree, they state their reservations before the final um, term sheet, which is the agreement to be issued and signed. And that is the one that we will submit to IMF. Well, on a positive note, though, appears uh, this news has got the markets excited. Um, Ghana's dollar bonds maturing in 2027 rose by uh, 1.3% uh, to 43.88 on the dollar um, after the news about um, the, the term sheet came in. Uh, that's positive. It's, it's positive because, uh, you know, um, trading on, 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 the, on the bond markets um, rely on information flow. So this kind of information is giving an indication that um, there will be money coming in, and very soon Ghana will be also on freezing the, um, the, the, the um, or stop or move away from the argument, uh, the point that they made, uh, stopping payment of external creditors. Uh, we, we will start repayment of our of our loans. So that kind of signal has put some 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 light into the bond market, it, indicating that I mean. There is an expectation of future inflows of funds, and that's why we see the bond market uh, moving up. Well, stay with us, uh, Prof, because uh, this morning we got indication of end-of-year inflation uh, dropping to 23.2% from the 26.4% recorded in November uh, last year. Let's uh, take a listen to the government statistician, uh, Professor Samuel Kobnani. For the month of December 2023, rate of inflation on a year-on-year basis stood at 23.2%, relative to 26.4% that was recorded in the month of November 2023, signifying a 3.2 percentage point difference between the rate of inflation that was recorded for the month of November 2023, relative to December 2023. From a food and non-food perspective, we see a variation of 10 percentage point between food and non-food inflation as food inflation for the month of December 2023 stood at 28.7% relative to 18.7% for non-food inflation for the month of December 2023. We saw a marginally sharper decline in food inflation as it declined by 3.5 percentage point between November and December 2023, declining from 32.2% to 28.7% and non-food inflation declining by 3.0% specifically 217 November 2023 to 18.7 December 2023. From a locally produced item and an imported item perspective, we see a reversal of the dominance of imported items as inflation for locally produced items stood at 23.8% relative to not imported items 21.9%. Well, uh, so Prof, this is uh, below the government's revised target of 31.3% uh, captured in the 2024 uh, budget. Quick reaction to the figures released by the Status Quo Service today. So um, let's, let's understand the basic definition of inflation, which measures how more, expen- uh, more expensive a set of goods or services has become over a certain period, usually a year. So the December figure gives us that pers- uh, pers- um, perspective, 23.2%. So 
So the rate of increase, um, comparing last year, uh, that is um, 2022 and 2023, we've seen the rate of increase has declined to the 23.2%. Um, this is a positive, or let me put it, a favorable news. Um, it means that um, prices are moving up, but they are not moving up drastically as they were in, in, in 2022. So this 12, December figure, um, as I've mentioned, is a favorable figure, especially if you compare that one to um, what is what what the budget um, anticipated that that to be the figure of 31.3. Um, in effect, um, it does not mean that um, things are okay in Ghana, but just that the rate of growth in prices or goods and services has really reduced significantly from um, 20, December 2022 to December 2023. All right. Thank you so much, uh, Associate Professor of Finance at the Andrews University, Williams Ripa, uh, speaking to us there. I appreciate your insights this afternoon. Now, the Ghana Financial Stability Fund has advanced its first support of 2.5 billion cities to a commercial bank in the country. This came in the form of a bond to help the bank recapitalize. George Affair has details. Was after this local commercial bank met all the requirements needed for the Financial Stability Fund to extend this support to the institution. Now, this is not coming in the form of fiscal cash, but the bond that has been issued by the government of Ghana to help the bank meet the proposed minimum capital requirements for commercial banks in the country by the Bank of Ghana. Joy Business understands that the support should be seen as equity in this bank rather than debt. Therefore, the Bank of Ghana is expected to classify this transaction as if the bank in question has taken steps to meet the expected minimum capital requirements for commercial banks in the country by the regulator. The Financial Stability Fund kickstart work last year without the necessary support from the World Bank that should have brought in some $250 million. Government claims he has already invested some $750 million to set up the fund supposed to assist financial institutions and commercial banks hit badly by the shocks the domestic debt exchange program. And well, next on the marketplace, our Joy Business Advice Free Series. Yesterday, we started a conversation on financial planning, uh, partner accounting, and advisory services at KPMG Randolph Anor. was here with us, emphasizing the need to engage in strategic investments that would help us survive uh, turbulent economic situations. We kind of focused on personal finances yesterday. Today, we want to expand it to uh, business. Um, thanks for coming back, uh, Randolph. So, just let's just get straight to it. Uh, why is it important for businesses to undertake financial planning when they have their core uh, operations to focus on? Um, so uh, financial planning, right, is linked to performance. And there's a lot of research that, and study that has shown that businesses that undertake financial planning perform better than those that do not. Mm -hmm. So if you really want to do well, one of the things you ought to be doing is focus on financial planning. You see, the thing is that if you don't have a plan, how do you know whether you are doing well or not? And, and especially in our space where we have a lot of 
SMEs, you know, in Ghana, about 85% more of the businesses are SMEs. That's right. Sometimes you, you are a business and you're telling yourself you are doing well. What is the benchmark? What are you using to say you are doing well or not? With a financial plan, you have something clearly defined. And so you know whether you are on track or you are not on track. And so it enhances business performance. And also it, it, it enables you to take uh, good decisions. Uh, financial planning enable businesses to take effective business decisions. If you don't have that, you may just jump at anything and reduces your, your efficiency and your decision making. So I'll just uh, state these, these okay. two. Okay, I, I mean, you use the word effective, which I think is important for what we are discussing. Sure. And so how can businesses come up with effective financial plan, uh, especially during these times? Sure. Thanks, thanks, Daryl. So, and I, I like how you, you, you frame it, effective financial planning. A plan itself is useless, okay? So for effective financial planning, there is a cycle, mm-hmm. right? First, as a business, you need to understand where you are. What is your current state? Where are you now? What is the environment you're operating in? What is the environment you're operating in internally and then externally? So you need to know your current state. That is first. Then second... You then, after you have assessed this current state, you now determine what key targets or what objectives you want to achieve. These key targets and objectives must align with your strategic objectives. A lot of businesses will have their mission, their vision, and all of that. These things are very long-term things, right? So whatever it is that you're doing uh, or whatever target you are setting must help you uh, to realize those missions and those visions. So you set your key target. Then now you now define your action plan, which is the financial plan, mm-hmm. all right, to help you to achieve those targets. It doesn't end there. I said earlier that just having the plan uh, doesn't say much, but the implementation. So you need to implement. If you have a plan and you don't implement it, it is, it's useless. All right, so you need to implement. Then implementing, you then monitor. You review and you monitor so that if there are changes you ought to make, you make those changes. So that is typically the cycle. Know where you are, have your key target, have your plan. Don't just stay at the plan, but for it to be effective, right, then you need to implement. You, you can never say something is effective if an activity has not been done. Mm-hmm. Effectiveness measures... Uh, the result, all right? And so the, um, for us to say you, 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 your, your plan is effective, then you need to act. And the result of that actions will tell whether you, I mean, you are being effective or not. All right. Um, I, I want us to turn next to the importance of data in, in helping us plan. I mean, you, we are usually bombarded with uh, financial reports, financial data, how can businesses leverage that to, again, effectively plan? So, thanks. So, um, as a business, right, you, for you to effectively do your financial plan, you need a baseline. Your financial data serves as a baseline. So, let me just use you as an example here. Uh, your, your program now has a lot of listenership. If you want to get to a milestone, say, mm-hmm. I want a million viewers, how do you know if you don't have historical information that tells you where you are as to your current uh, listenership? How do you say, I want to get a million viewers? Maybe you're already there. 
So what the, your financial data does is it gives you some baseline. Then the analysis you do on those financial data, because it's historical data, it mm -hmm. gives a trend. That helps you to, based on the trend and that baseline, helps you to project to say, okay, um, last year my revenue was so much based on what I have seen and the performances I have gone through, based on the analysis you have done, maybe I need to be growing at 40%, 50%. So you are making decisions based on the insight you have from your data. Otherwise, you'll be shooting in the dark. And you may be tickling yourself to say, I have strong, I mean, this target is maybe ambitious. Maybe it's not ambitious. Okay. So you need your financial data, your financial reports, to, to, to really as a baseline to, to tell you whether indeed the aspirations you are setting for yourself are realistic, they are ambitious enough or not. So that's one of the main things that your financial data and your financial analysis uh, helps you to, to do as far as um, effective financial planning is concerned. Uh, can we also talk about um, the use of technology to um, enhance the financial plan? to improve efficiency and to enable the business stay competitive. Sure, thanks. So, so if, if you look at the activities, the cycle that I painted earlier, it is very difficult to say you are doing all of this manually. All right? And so as a business, most businesses now, worth its salt, will have some accounting system or some enterprise resource planning system that they, they will be leveraging. Mm -hmm. All right? So you need to take advantage of technology, one, in the planning itself, in the implementation itself, in the monitoring. Because if you leave it to a human being, it's difficult. And if you pick a business, there are several moving parts. And without technology, it may be very, very difficult to effectively ensure that your plan is on track, you are tracking it, you are staying the course. And, and that is why technology is so, so relevant and so important. So you must if you, want, if, if, you, if you want to be effective in your planning as a business, then definitely you need some kind of a, a tool or technology platform to support you in, 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 in being safe. I, I know yesterday we, we, we talked about tools. Um, any sort of technology you'd want to suggest at this point? So, so in, 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 uh, there are a lot of ERPs. So there are the Oracles, the SAPs, okay. the Microsoft Dynamics in business sense, uh, just to mention a few that people can leverage on. There are other cloud technologies that people can leverage on to ensure that. So, and mostly for a lot of uh, accounting systems that businesses use, sometimes there are elements of uh, financial planning in there. But from experience, you may go to a business and you see that they are actually not taking advantage of that. They are looking at their, the actual things that are happening. But in terms of their planning and their forecasting, even though the technology tool they have that they use may have capacity to do this, they may not be taking advantage of it. So my advice to businesses out there is that assess the system that you have, check uh, what aspect of financial planning that tool can help you to do, and ensure that you customize it or you configure it to help you uh, to stay effective as far as financial planning is concerned because the cycle is... Uh, requires a lot, and if you if you don't leverage technology, you may struggle to to stay effective as far as financial planning is concerned. Uh, earlier, you started talking about um, SMEs and the fact that they constitute about eighty five percent of businesses. So I want us to talk about them and how they can come up with effective uh, financial planning strategies to sustain the operations, especially during these times. Sure, thanks, thanks, and this sector is 
very significant because they form the base of the Ghanaian economy. So we need to pay attention to that sector. Um, in simple terms, I th they need to really have a clear vision, all right? As an SME, know where it is that you want to get to. Usually, people want to get to point A, but the actions that they take is not aligned to where they think they want to be. So your thinking and your actions, as an SME, your thinking, where you see yourself in the next five years, ten years, mm. what strategies or plans are you putting in place to ensure that you actually uh, stay the course and accomplish those objectives. So have a clear vision, right, and ensure that there is alignment between the vision and your plans. Your plans must help you realize that vision. And then continuously review, review, and review. As you review, there may be changes that you need to make to ensure that you ultimately achieve the clear vision that you set for yourself. So for SMEs, have a clear vision. Make sure your plan is linked to you accomplishing that vision. Mm. Otherwise, then there is no, uh, as, as we call it in finance, um, goal congruence. Your actions is not leading you to accomplishing your goals. Right? So that, that match is so, so, so important as far as SMEs are concerned, if they, they must meet their strategies. We have just about 30 seconds. I want you to leave us with just one tip for everybody watching as um, could be about financial planning or anything else you think is important this year. Sure. I think the key thing is for people to be conscious, all right? And for the little plans that you have in your mind, don't let it stay in your mind. Act on it. Do, do, do. If you don't do, it becomes... Just an idea. So let's move from, in this year, 2024, let's move from the ideation or concept stage, all right, to implementing. Let us execute. Without execution, we will never realize the lofty ideas that we have for ourselves. So for individuals and for businesses, okay. good plan, but make sure you are acting on those plans. Execute. That is key. Well, if you didn't hear anything, at least you heard do, do, do. <laughs> Rain over, no partner, um, accounting advisory services, KPMG. Appreciate uh, your insights. And that's the marketplace, everyone. Thanks for watching. More news on our website, myjournaline.com forward slash business. More on uh, our story on inflation there, myjournaline.com forward slash business. My name is Daryl Kwan. Remember, we are coming back at 2 p.m. Uh, tomorrow, this AFCON season. Uh, just remember that and do make a day. Goodbye.
My name is Obriya Boamedo Jr. Welcome to Safety and Hope Solutions. We are the leading dealers in doors of all types of doors. We have from pivot doors, security doors, we also have interior doors, hospital doors and fire, and also we have band doors and sliding doors. Yes, we are located on the Sprinters Road, Obsi, the first Atlantic bank, and um, we welcome you to visit us to see the quality of doors that we have. Now, let me take you around to see the doors that we have and you will appreciate the quality. Yes, as I said, we have interior doors. These are interior doors and it's eight feet. We have different designs and different colors. As you can see, this is eight feet solid wood and also we have eight feet laminated. And also we have in seven feet laminated. But however, it comes with a complete frame like this with the accessories all intact. We do free installation and free delivery within Accra and Tema. So anywhere you are, Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.